0: So if you haven't been with us, we've been in a a series over the last couple of weeks simply entitled, I've Got Questions. And I think that when we think about the big picture of the gospel or how it relates to you and I in an everyday life and the circumstances in which we face, we recognize that we do face a lot of questions, a lot of challenges that happen in our life. And sometimes, unfortunately, God can be the last person that we look to, and not only do we realize that, that even before we get in it and while we're in it, that God has timely words and helps for some of the difficulties and questions that we find and I want to walk through another one of those with us today one that I think there are probably seasons that that affect each and every one of us some that we get stuck in maybe a lot longer and and we kind of wonder uh, when is this ever gonna end when am I ever gonna get out of this and so let me start this morning by by simply just a question today how many of you uh, maybe have a habit Uh, Could I say maybe a a bad habit or an unproductive habit, something that you wish you didn't do but you just can't seem to break it, right? Had there been things in your life today or when you think about the journey or why is it that... I have done the things that I have done or do the things that I do, and yet it seems like it's such a a difficulty to have that break in my life. Maybe you've prayed about it, Uh, maybe you've uh, made a a promise that you weren't going to do it again, Uh, or maybe the fact is that you did stop, and maybe here's one of the points that I want to help with you this morning. Maybe you did stop for a little while, but unfortunately, you fell right back into doing the things that you didn't really want to do Um, anybody today anybody struggle with some things in your life or just the question of why why would this happen right how could this happen in my life so here's a little bit of insight that I want to unpack with you this morning maybe the question is so what's going wrong whenever we want to break a habit or maybe change a behavior but it's just difficult to do why can't that happen in my life. And here's what I, I guess I want to point out with you this morning. I think a lot of us might have the right intentions in trying to have some behavior change or maybe break some habit or why I keep falling into some of the same difficulties over and over again. We have the right intention, but we have the wrong strategy or maybe more the wrong understanding about how to get out of some of the difficulty that we find ourselves in life. So if that's you, or maybe that's where you're at today, or maybe you realize that you struggle with that, then you should be really glad that you came to church today. Because God's word has a lot of help for all of us to understand how to get out of difficult situations. So I, I think that when we look in a big picture, I'll, I'll just kind of like walk, walk a journey with you here a little bit. I mean, when we realize that why we fall into some hardship or difficulty, there are several reasons for that. I think primarily there can be just a practical reason of why that happens. Maybe you've asked yourself the question, why do I always eat the wrong food, right? Well, the fact is is that maybe you have more access to the wrong food than you do the right food, right? I mean, when we watch television, I know that sometimes, obviously, in my health journey, you don't always pay attention but kind of when that week is tough you never realize how many fast food commercials are on television right until you kind of are finding yourself in that place and you're like oh like everywhere I go everywhere I drive we realize that there are just some practical reasons that we have to understand like why we find ourselves in the place why do you oversleep every morning well Could it be that you're binge watching Netflix until 2 in the morning every day, right? I mean, maybe we can kind of connect the dots a little bit easier to find out why I keep finding myself in difficult places. But I also realize there are emotional reasons as well. That for some people, they carry emotional wounds or have some baggage or there are some unresolved issues and it just continues to sabotage not only their life, but, but the people in their life as well. And and sometimes people have a struggle with coping with life and they do it in an unhealthy way. And I recognize that maybe the strong force is that there are relational issues as well. In fact, I know it's really 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 hard to get healthy when you're surrounded by unhealthy people, right? And that can be in every facet of our life, whether it's emotional or physical or whatever it is. It's hard to have the right mindset if all we do is interact with people with the wrong mindsets. I mean, we're influenced by the people that are around us. That's why healthy relationships and understanding how to have healthy relationships are so important. A lot of you are in life groups and that you're not only hearing this on Sunday mornings but you're getting with groups of people throughout the week and you're you're fleshing this out more and more. You're getting with the right kind of people to help you walk better in this journey of life. And I applaud those of you that get into life groups and realize I need more help than just on Sunday mornings. I need to get around the right kind of people that have the right kind of mindset that are going to help me in my journey as I help them in their journey as well. You see, relational reasons. You might ask yourself, why in the world do I always do drugs, right? Well, maybe because your three best friends are drug dealers. I don't know, right? Like maybe you recognize that sometimes the influence and the people that are around you have great effect of keeping you from from excelling and making the most out of life. I had a real-life incident happen um, just a couple of months ago I was in a store and there was a customer talking to the girl behind the counter they had a probably somewhat of a personal relationship they knew each other and uh, and they started talking about uh, a, a person that that they both knew and it was, you know, it was getting personal or they were kind of digging in or hey, did you hear? You know, that kind of thing. And and it started to go a little bit and the guy was pressing for more information and, and the girl just stopped behind the counter and she said, You know what? I just I need to stop right now. I, I have a problem with gossip. And I got baptized at church two weeks ago, and that's one of the things that I wanted to give to God. I have got to stop gossiping, and so I just want to stop this conversation right now. And I'm like, I was just watching this happen. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen anything happen like that. And I was just like, way to go, right? Like, you recognize, and, and he didn't want to stop. He went, well, yeah, but she's like, no, I'm being serious, You see, I recognize there are reasons because we find ourselves not connected with the right people in our life. And the truth is it's almost impossible to live the right life when you're constantly surrounded by the wrong people. Listen, I know that as we go through life, there are some of us that might be a little bit stronger. Some that maybe are a little bit more vulnerable in some areas, have some emotional scars. And so everybody's journey is a little bit different. But today I want you to know that there is hope for every one of us. Because there is a roadway to get out of some of these difficulties in life. When we ask the question... About maybe our behavior or, or our habits or why is it that, that I find myself doing the same thing over and over again? I, or maybe I take right the three steps forward and only find myself taking two steps backward. Where is the help? And here's what I want to give you this morning. I think the challenge for each and every one of us is that it is really an issue of our hearts. I think with almost every struggle that we face in life or wonder why I can't find the hope or the help, listen, it boils down to a spiritual challenge. You see, the heart of the reason is why most people can't change. The root cause is a spiritual issue. You see, God formed us to help us to understand what right relationships are all about. God loves us God developed us God created us with a heart for him to know us intimately and for us to know him and and yet sometimes we bypass the spiritual connection and we fill that with all kinds of other junk and garbage in our life and it just starts to spin us maybe slowly but ultimately out of control. And a lot of people sometimes get to the moment where they wake up and they wonder, how did I get here? And they realize it because they walked away from a primary relationship that God hardwired into us. And we filled it, or we attempt to fill fill it with so much other stuff that we are bypassing and missing where the real hope comes into our life in these times of difficulty. You see, if we are trying to meet a spiritual need with something other than God then it creates automatically a void or it, pose- it, it produces a longing, it forms an emptiness that we are simply trying to fill with everything that is never going to sustain, never is going to bring us peace or comfort in our life. So here's what I want to kind of make more and more out of it today. More times than not, we tend to focus on what I'll call the poison of religion rather than understanding the power Of God's grace. And and it's, I'm gonna walk through this for a little while until ultimately I, I know the light is gonna shine down on you. But but you might right away say, Pastor Jim, well, like, what about? I, I thought we were supposed to be religious. I thought that's what that's why we come to church, right? It's 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 about religion. Well, no, it's not about religion. And I wanna I wanna help you to understand that today. See, when I when I help you to kind of understand both sides of, of this issue about why we struggle with difficulties or we make the wrong choices. You see, this idea of the poison of religion is when we are trying to attempt to earn God's approval by simply following the rules. It's just the, the list of, of everything that's a do, 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 rather than understanding a work that's already been done, done, done for us, right? We have a lot of people today that are trying to earn God's love by the, the only understanding they have is by following the law, like, like uh, well, hey, okay, so I, I go to church, I, I list off a couple of prayers, I do good to people, so we categorize ourselves, as long as I kind of understand what's been told to me, I do a few of the good good things, then, then only good things are, are going to come my way, and so People continue to feel the emptiness or the void in their life, that as long as I'm doing a few good things that, that, that follow the rules, then, then everything good has to come my way. But what people are trying to do is really attempt to please God without God. We just focus on all of the things that we're trying to do that are trying to make sense in our life, and we're missing the real relationship about how God wants to help us walk through whether good times or the difficult times in our life. You see, the Bible at times offers us some really life-changing verses, and it's what I want to share with you this morning. It's really where I want to hope move you for those of you that are always kind of struggling on the do, 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 but recognizing really how you get it done is only through the power of God's grace that he makes available to all of our lives. Titus chapter 2 says this. There's a couple of things. I want you to point them out as we read through them this morning. For the grace of God, everybody say that with me, for the grace of God, for the grace of God has appeared and number one, it offers salvation to all people can somebody say amen in the house today right we're going to talk about that a little bit more but just as a jump start listen it doesn't matter what you've done how bad you are the difficulties that you're facing I want you to know it is the grace of God that is always going to be there for you of God always going to be a rescue line to whatever you're facing today the Bible says that the grace of God first of all offers hope and salvation to all mankind Right? So I want you to know, it might look dark in your situation right now, but you are not alone. God's grace is here for you today. But he goes on, number two, but God's grace also teaches us, everybody say, teaches me, Come on, it teaches me, so we're here to learn today the difference between the poison of religion and the gift of God's grace. The gift of God's grace teaches me what? To say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and a godly life in this day that I am waiting for the day in which Jesus comes back. So I want you to know the power of God's grace, number one, offers salvation, offers a lifeline to wherever you're at today but then it does more and I want you to see this connection it does more than save us but then it moves into our life by helping us to say no to some of these things that trip us up some of these things that get us some of the things that find us we're just locked in going round and round and round again wondering why can't this be broken in my life the answer today church is that we find it through the grace of God that has already been poured. Out for you and I today. You see, it is God's grace the Bible tells us how we get right with God. The Bible says we are saved by His grace, that we are understanding that His grace makes salvation available to all of us, no matter how bad, no matter how messed up we are, no matter how bad things are or we've done, God's grace is available so we recognize that the poison of religion is I just get kind of caught and kind of more self-motivated self Focused. It's just a sense, well, if I do all these things, uh, if I kind of show up on the Christmas and Easter services, right? If I, if I, if I do this or, or pray this prayer or whatever, then somehow that's the formula that, that is going to cause everything to go right in my life. But we serve laws and rules, and we're bypassing a daily relationship with a God who wants to be there to help us get out of where we are. You see, we recognize, well, that you, God would do that for me? Yes. We just read that the grace of God is available to who? Everybody, right, who calls out to him. So let's look on the idea. What is grace a little more than? Well, the Greek word that we read in the Bible is the word karos, And it means unmerited, goodwill, and the favor of God. You see, what we want to understand about grace is, and the definition unmerited, what does that mean? Unmerited means unearned. You see, that's the difference, right, of, of trying to do it on our own, about trying to check off all the right boxes, right, have everybody think that, that we're good, right? We're going to find out what is all that. That's just all outward, Right? Like, like, we're, we're just kind of, we go through the motions, or we recognize that, that we're uh, having the ability to deal with it, or not having uh, uh, the, the ability to deal with it, so we just kind of keep up appearances. And we realize, why do we feel even more crushed, even more difficult, right? Because we're trying to dress it outwardly when we recognize that it's not an outward problem, it's not a physical or a relational problem, it's a spiritual problem, we're missing the connection that God wants to have with us. And the way we get it is that it is unmerited. It's unearned, right? Which is completely, again, opposite to the way that we try to handle things. That all we get to do is to recognize, to step in more to what the grace of God has already made available to me. You see, the good news about grace is, is that it is always a gift. Amen? That grace is always a a gift. What does that mean? Like, it's just ours. It's, it's free. Right? God wants to do this, right? It's all packaged. It's bowed. It's ready for you. Like, why, why would you do this for me, right? People say that, right, when that we get them gifts. Like, why, why would you do this? Because I love you, Like, right? we, don't, we don't ask, obviously, from a good friend, or we don't ask, all right, like, well, how much is it? No, because like, a gift is free, And God's grace for wherever you are today, whatever struggle you are facing, I want you to know that the answer is you not having to earn it or work for it or go after it. It's simply to receive God's love, his grace, his mercy, his presence over your life. Listen, that will mean more than anything that you and I ever try to do on our own. You see, you can never be good enough to earn it. You can't do enough works to deserve it you can't save up enough to pay for it it is opposite of everything of where people are trying to go after I mean again I think a lot of people unfortunately even within the church go off course because they realize that okay that that so I have to put my my trust in God like I have to I have to dive into this relationship with him I have to find out a little bit more from from the inside rather than the outside And, and people step into that relationship but, but soon after, without knowing the full understanding of the gospel, unfortunately, then, then they just realize, okay, well, once that event has taken place, once I have started that journey with Jesus, where a lot of us go wrong is then we just kind of take over from there. We just kind of have this idea that, okay, like, like he did it, I, you know, he got it started for me, but, but now, again, it's back to me to keep it going, Right. And sooner or later, how many know we found people that started a relationship with Jesus, but rather than following him and his ways and walking in grace, they just go back again to what they want to do. They want to take all of that and find their life off the rails all over again. Right. I mean, probably there are some of you here today, like if we said, like, who did that? Right. Uh, Right. We recognize, and here's the truth that I want you to understand that I think will help to change your heart and change your circumstance today, and it's this. The same grace that saves you is the same grace that sustains you. Yes? You see, there is a lane of grace that God wants you and I to walk in and to find. And once we ask Christ to come into our life, then he begins to promise to do his work in our life. So what that does to teach us or to train us is to take my hands off of it and encourage Christ, right, to live in and through me and that I begin to follow him in this lane of grace that he has. The challenge is early on is that God wants to lead us into some uncomfortable moments, things that that are are comfortable to us, that it's hard for us to give up. And what do we want to do? Man, we want to Kind of yank the wheel and find the first off-ramp, the first exit, right? Rather than staying in the lane of grace that God has for us. And I want you to know this, that even though God might lead us into some uncomfortable moments, can I tell you, He always wins in the end. And sometimes we just don't stick with it long enough. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. I don't know what to do, and so what do we do? We kind of take it off of him, and we steer, and we realize, hey, God, thanks for doing this in my life, but I'll take it from here. And unfortunately, we find a disaster or more struggle just months down the road. We, are, we just fall off the rails. But what I want you to understand today, the same grace that saves you is the same grace that sustains you. And so again, that's why we're here in his word that, that he gives us the ability, right? The grace of God teaches us, it helps us. We don't all get it. On the first day, it's this growing process, right? We learn from good people that can do good things in our life, right? Again, whether it's life groups or or going to different events where we're around the right kind of people to help us. They're not doing it for us, but their influence is helping me when I want to shift lanes. Again, it's that good encouragement to say, no, stay in the lane of grace that God is laying out for you. Is it tough? Sure, it is. Is it going to win in the end? Absolutely. Absolutely. You see, what enables us to say no, hear me today, is not your grit, it's God's grace. You see, a lot of times we just feel like, like if it has to be, it's up to me. Right? We just recognize the only way to get through this, I gotta pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Like I've got to dig in and I've got to go after it. No, just the opposite is true. You see, we realize it's not my grit, it's not my effort. That's all religion. Right? That's all rule following and, and that never ends up winning at the end. What it is is to recognize I have to step into grace to understand that God has already done everything for me. I just need to learn how to follow him more. Right? That's why you're here today. That's why you're in a life group. Right? You're around people right, that are not going to push you away, but they're going to draw you in and closer to God's very best, his very finest for your life. So let me give you a couple of action steps today about how can I have the power of God's grace move more in my life and help me in through some of the challenges and some of the devastating moments of which I face. And here's kind of, I think, hopefully the big like action steps for each and every one of us today. I'm gonna make it really simple because we're just gonna find them really two polar opposite choices that, that sometimes we are challenged to make. You see, what is the focus, quote, of religion? Right, of following the rules, of just, of just kind of checking off boxes. Well, the focus of religion, it's always outward. It's just always outward, right? We're just, kind of, we're just kind of painting. We're just going through the motions. It's an outward effort to somehow try to be right with God. And so outwardly, right, we just kind of, we choose ourselves. I'm going to stop yelling at the kids all the time, right? I'm, I'm going to stop smoking, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna do that. I'm just I'm gonna go after it. It's it's gotta be me. It's gotta be my determination. It's gotta be my grit. Like I it's all on me to make this happen. I don't wanna shop till I drop anymore, says no one ever. (laughs) Right? some, Some of these hard choices, right, that we have to face. And when we try to do them through self, when we try to do them like just trying to be good, right? It's just all outward, and we realize that. It never works. In fact, Jesus had multiple occasions to realize how dangerous and how ineffective an outward-focused life really is. Last week, we talked that he had a lot of challenges with the religious leaders of his day. The Bible, the Gospels are full of these interactions. Last week, we talked about, right, how he called them out. They love to pray, Right? Their prayers were all like outward prayers, all these big words, all the, these things that they would wear on their robes, and people would like, oh, they're so holy, they're so pious, they're so righteous. Why? Because it was everything they saw wear on the outside, and God called them out. Jesus called them out, right? Not about their outwardness, but what was wrong inwardly. Here's else what he says in Matthew chapter 23. He said, woe to you, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees. In fact, Jesus gets like pretty in your face with them. He said, really, you're nothing but hypocrites. I hate what you're doing. He said, you clean the outside of the cup, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. In fact, other, words, he, other places he called them, you're like whitewashed tombs. Like you're, you're just you're dead, but, but you want to give off the appearance that everything is good. How many are getting the point, right? This poison of religion, this, this just kind of following the rules. And some of you, quite honestly, maybe coming in today, you just you didn't know any better. Right? Maybe that's how you grew up or, or that's what you thought it was all about. You're missing what a real relationship with God is through Christ and what it is to be part of a, a family that wants to help pursue righteousness and help to really keep on a path that God has made available through his grace. And so you've recognized, like Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he shows up late at night with Jesus. Man, he just recognizes and Jesus calls him out. Unfortunately, Nicodemus, somebody told you wrong at the beginning, and you've just been following the wrong path, and so you've got to be born again. You've got to start all the way at the beginning, and I'm here to help you to do it right. Listen, that was a long and arduous task for Nicodemus to come to grips with, and again, maybe some of you today, that's like a shock to your system today, but let me remind you who wins in the end, right? Right? You're going to win. God's going to help you, right? To, to be able to, to live holy and righteous and pure and to live in grace and to share grace with those that are in need as well. He said, Listen, you're full of greed and self indulgence. If you want to bring about real change, listen, this makes sense to everybody here today, right? If you want to change, then what do you got to do? First, you get right. Then in time, everything gets right. You see a great contrast. We have a tendency to start from the outside in and it just kind of blows apart. And that's why we miss a spiritual connection, some of the things that need to happen in our life, that we really need to commit to a relationship with Christ and let people help us in that journey because it's not from the outside in, it's from the inside out is where real powerful change comes to our life. You see, grace, opposite of religion, works inside of us. Listen to Ephesians chapter three. Paul writes these words, "I pray that out of His glorious riches, that he might strengthen you." say that with me, that he might strengthen you, like some of you that are empty today, some of you that are beat down, broken, some of you that, that don't know where." where the next move is. See, I want you to know that the grace of God is here for you today. It's available to everyone, right? And it has the power to do what? To strengthen me and to give us power through the Holy Spirit. Here's the wonderful part. From where? From your inward being. Where does the power of God want to bring transformation into your life? Does he want to spit shine you and get you all polished and show you off about how good you look on the on, on the outside? No. God says, I've given you my Holy Spirit so that when you find yourself going through difficulty, when you wonder, why, why can't I get over this? Why do I keep crashing? Why do I keep falling off the rails? It is the power of the Holy Spirit that wants to bring his help to your inward being and radically change you from the inside out what a powerful illustration that Jesus must have shared right with these religious leaders I mean I'm sure I'm sure they were just dumbfounded but the truth is is that religion is never going to work the power of God living inside of us is the grace that will sustain us I don't know if some of you this morning if you can remember back into your 20s maybe where you could eat anything you wanted Any time of the day or night that you wanted, and it never impacted, right, your physical being, right, your body. Like, your metabolism was, like, fired with jet fuel. Somebody say amen with me today, right? Like, it was great in your 20s, right? I mean, you just pound stuff all day long, wings, subs, like, food, junk food, whatever, you just, ah, like, and nothing, like, you were still, And, and there would be people in their 40s and 50s saying what? Oh, you better wait. You better wait. That's not gonna last forever, right? Someday you're gonna be 30, you're gonna be 40, and, and I found myself work any longer, right? A few years ago, I found myself about 40 pounds heavier than I am today. Well, maybe 30 pounds heavier than I am today, but that's another story. And when we find ourselves, maybe when we don't like ourselves, right, we're in a place just physically, right, where that, where that transformation happened, what do we do when we're not happy with the way we look or, or that we just can't seem to get our physical life now under control? What do we do? We wear bigger, baggier clothes. Come on, somebody say yes. Yes? We hide right? Big sweatshirts, right? Big hoodies, big clothes all the time, right? Because we know there's a problem, and our answer is to fix it how? From the outside, right? What else do we do? We wear black clothes, right? Because black is slimming, right? Listen, I'm not fixing the problem. I'm just trying to cure it from what? From the outside in. We wear a turtleneck to cover up our third multiple chin, right? Listen, there's an answer for everything. Hello from the outside. There's gonna be people telling you there is a fix for all of this. You're gonna make it, you can do this. All of these fixes, but honestly, answer me today. Are any of them permanent? No, it's just a landscape. It was what Jesus was talking about. Listen, you're trying to keep the cup clean by polishing the outside and inside it's horrible. And we don't think like, we, you know, we rationalize. How oh, could people believe that? Listen, we do the same thing. We have done the same thing. Maybe you're doing the same thing right now. And this is where grace has to become real. And I want to help you with that. Fortunately, A few years ago when that happened, there was Carol Mead was at our house, and she's a medical professional, and I don't know whether she whispered to me or she whispered to Deb, but she said, Pastor Jim, like, he doesn't look good. Just, I mean, not not this. (laughs) This is all good. This is all good. (laughs) Just like, like physically, like from a medical standpoint, like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on with him, but... But he doesn't look good and said a few things to Debbie. We had a few more conversations and, and, you know, kind of with Debbie and us talking. Like, I needed to go to the doctor. I needed to find out. I finally had, again, being around the right people. Somebody say yes, that care for you, that love you. Being around the right people that say things to us that we don't want to hear, but they love us so desperately they take the risk. Somebody say amen for those kind of people in our life. Uncomfortable? Yes grateful, absolutely. Some of you might feel that way today, coming to church. Like, man, Pastor Jim is just like hammering me. Thank God he loves me so much. And so I went to the doctor. Listen, if we were gonna get to the root of the problem, guess what the doctor did? Yeah, just, just, stand, you know, just stand there, Jim, like do a little pirouette, just, just let me look at you. Is that how he was gonna help treat me? No, just look on the outside, like, like try to fix the outside. No, what did he do? The first thing he did was order blood work. Where's blood going to come from? Outside or inside? Inside, because that's where the issue was. It was inside. But it was showing itself outwardly. Listen, I could have covered it up. Just continue to wear more hoodies, right? Do all those things and act like everything was going to be oh fine, but there was a problem on the inside. Then he ordered a stress test. All these things that were unseen, all these things that, that and, and why was it so significant? Why was it so, so much? Because the answer was inside, not outside. Hopefully, you're connecting the dots with me this morning. And so, he gave me a choice. I met with a cardiologist at St. Vincent Hospital, and he said, I'm going to put you on high blood pressure medicine. I said, no, you're not. He said, well, I just want to tell you that 50% of men over the age of 50 are on, heart, on blood pressure medicine and they will be for the rest of their life. You see, and that's where a moment of decision had to happen. He said, I'm not going to be on meds the rest of my life, but what was that going to require? Me just to say that or for me to do something about that? Right, listen, is eating healthy like difficult, a pain? Absolutely. Drinking water more than I used to drink coke like like it was coke I guess I mean if there wasn't a full case of coke in our house like at all times like there was something wrong in our house and I had to transition from that to water cuz I know it's way more healthy for me right choices exercising i don't know that I could have run to the end of the house and i realized I needed to start running to the end of the block and ultimately running to the end of the road. I need to get back on my bike where I could barely get out of my parking lot, out of my driveway. Now I can bike a hundred miles in a day. Decisions. Am I just going to fix it with the outside or am I going to step into the lane of grace to realize that God has given me a calling, God has given me a life, God has given me a why to live this life, and I am doing disservice to him if I am not maximizing my choices, not to fulfill my need or my wish, but for me to fulfill his will for my life. Somebody say amen today. You see, it's discipline that keeps us in the lane of grace. It's people around me, my wife, that started eating healthy, that that I needed to eat healthy. There were guys that rode their bike every day that I had to find so that it gave me an excuse, it gave me the reason to get out of the house in the morning early and get on my bike and ride. Listen, the alternative was I was going to be on a handful of pills for the rest of my life, yes? And then somebody said to me, Jim, and and again, maybe here's kind of the the spiritual, emotional twist that, that needed to happen. He just asked me, how is it that you find fulfillment then in your life with God? Like, what, what is it that helps to drive you? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I love to worship, I love to serve, I love to share, I love to preach, I love to connect with people. All of these things that, that drive me and, and give me, uh, you know, pluses in my life. And, and here's what he said. He said, you know, one of the ways that you can please God, and this was in the moment where all this stuff was happening in my physical life, and it was definitely an indication of my spiritual Challenge as well He said, but here's what you can do You see, you can understand that that God has already chosen to love you And so what you get to do is that you can choose that Because he wants the very best for you That you can make choices then To do the very best for what the Bible helps us to call this temple Of the Spirit of God that is you You see, it wasn't just I need to exercise more There was a spiritual shift that needed to happen in my life as well. I wasn't honoring God with what he gave me. And what I was facing brought that to my reality. You see, you can take what you eat and how you exercise, and when you have the power of your why, like that it's part of your life and service unto God, then it no longer has to be a duty, but it can be a wonderful devotion to the wonderful gift of grace that God has given to you. And that started a spiritual transformation and reformation in my mind to say, you know what, all things are possible to those who will stay in the lane of grace with God. All these addictions, all these behavioral changes, I'm not saying, listen, that they're all these, you know, like going to send you to hell stuff. But I know drinking Coca-Cola, as much as I love it, by the gallons every day, I know was paying a physical price to my health. In the abundance, I was out of control. And isn't that the power of addiction and struggles, right? Like, nobody goes into it like, man, I can't wait to take my first hit of something, drink my first beer, because I am looking so much to being a raging alcoholic, you know, like just having a a complete drug problem that's going to ruin my life and my family. Nobody goes into it that way. That's the power, right, of addiction, of these cycles. And how do we want to fix it? I'll, I'll fix it. And again, how does that go for us? Not very well. You see, real change starts to happen from where? From the inside out. You see, it started for me with a why and still drives me today. My dad had his first heart attack at age 55. That was three years ago for me. And if you would have seen me five years ago, I was probably right in line to have my first heart attack at 55. And they tell you today, in fact, the the heart surgeon told me, well, if your dad had heart issues, guess what? Genetically and and all the way down the line, that that's going to be your story as well. Or it's not. Or we're going to discipline ourselves. We're not going to try to fix ourselves from the outside. We're going to move inside. You see, if you simply change your behavior, but don't change your heart, hello? What happens? Behavior comes back world around you is going to move you religion says try harder right if it's up to if it has to be it's it's up to me but the grace says to trust him more abide in him more devote more step in more to the lane of grace You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, first of all, you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, and he is a wonderful helper. In fact, the Bible explains one of his gifts, one of his titles is what? The helper, right? You get to church. You get into a life group. You get around people that are going to help establish the why in your life, whatever it is. See, what I'm trying to tell you is I'm not trying in my power, but I am now relying more in God's power. Listen, if it's gossip, then it's gossip, right? If it's food, if it's food, then whatever it is, like across the ranks, listen, you're never going to fix it from the outside in. When you know the same grace that saves you, I'm going to finish with this. When you know the same grace that saves you is the same grace that sustains you, then you can be honest. So everybody just kind of buckle up. If you've been around real life for a long time, you know what it means when Pastor Jim says buckle up. Because if it hasn't been hard up until this point, it's going to get a lot more bumpy before we close today. All right, Adria, if you want to bring the band up today, here's what I want you to know why. Because only you are only as strong as you are honest. Can I say that again? If you're wondering about some of the difficulties and struggles and challenges that you've had, maybe in your life, in relationship, with addiction, with struggles, with gossip, with whatever garbage that we can find ourselves walking into, you are only as strong as you are honest. Why do we wear big, baggy clothes? We're just trying to give a perception. And we're being what? Yeah, if we're hardcore today, we're, we're, we're dishonest. No, everything's fine. No, everything's not fine. You're lying. Right? Or relationally, right? How you doing? Good. No, you're not. You're lying. You're not good. And we're weak, right? And we're going to fall back into stuff. How's it going? I'm good. No, you're not. Not good. Right? We're only as strong as we are honest. I just want to take a moment. We're going to pause for just a second, and I'm going to pray with you. But I think this is a point, hopefully, today that what you've heard, and I hope that that God's presence has kind of resonated some truth to you today or at least allowed you to know that you're in a place that we are not perfect, but we are passionate about pursuing God changing us from the inside out, of making something more out of our lives than what we're facing right now. And maybe it's a moment of truth for a few people here today. Maybe you want to say, Pastor, I need to decide. I, I need to stop pretending and with some of the struggles that I have in my life. I've, I want to stop faking it. Maybe I need to be more honest. I need to be more different. And I understand that it's incredibly risky to be vulnerable about any part of our life. just be able to blast it out. Listen, I have a problem with gossip, and I want to stop doing that. Listen, how, how freeing can that be, right? To say, I'm tired of caring. I'm tired of the enemy just always holding something over my head that that I'm never going to have happiness. I'm never going to be free. I'm I'm, I'm always going to be tethered. I'm always going to be struggling, right? It's for everybody else. It's just not for me. And I realize it's hard to step up in that moment of some of the things that we struggle with. But The only way that you can really do it is when you are secure in the grace of God. When you know that he is not against you, but he is for you, amen? That he's here to help you. That's why I love, again, Titus 2. The grace of God, first of all, says what? He offers hope and salvation to anyone who calls out. That's you this morning. It's for some people today that simply want to have the courage to say, Pastor Jim, I need some help today, I'm struggling. And this is how I want to close, and so be ready for this. But here's what I want you to hear for some of you that are in that moment right now. The people that are around you are the same people that are with you today. you hear me today? See, because even in a moment like this, everybody can get a little bit of tenseness. We're like, oh man, Pastor Jim's like starting to really narrow it down, and so maybe if I just hold on, like, Maybe I can get out of here. But I want you to know that the people that are around you are the people that are with you today. You're not alone. You're not a spectacle here today. You're a wonderful part of this family today that God has ordained. Just like I mentioned in our prayer time, how is it that it was those days? They had no reason, that blind guy with the blinded eyes knew that Jesus was coming that day. But Jesus showed up because he knew he needed to be there for them. And in the same way, you might have thought, man, I don't don't know how in the world I ever found myself in church today. Can I tell you, God's been waiting on you the whole time. And the people that are around you are the same people that are going to be with you to help you to get into the lane of grace. Say, Pastor, I'm not sure where my problem ranks. Listen, if more than one person has told you you have a problem, guess what? You got a problem. If you wonder, but what if people really knew? Listen, I'm not here to tell you you have to like openly confess all your stuff. You just need to know that there are people here that are around you that are with you. You're going to have to decide, right? Because you can't just keep fixing the outside. It's just going to be continued disaster. So The honesty is from you. The love is from us. Somebody say yes. Here's what I want to close today with. Romans chapter 5 verse 20 says this, just to give you help today. But wherever sin increases, what? Grace increases, what? All the more. You see, it goes back to Titus 2. Listen, whatever disaster, whatever struggle you're in today... I want you to know that God's grace increases more than the difficulty or the struggle that you're facing today. Is it hard? Absolutely. I'm not gonna paint, you know, some picture. Is it gonna be a moment of decision? Is it gonna be hard? Absolutely. But but wherever it's hard, what? God's grace is gonna be even greater. Amen? So here's how I want to finish today. This is I know somewhat maybe a countercultural to the 21st century church. We want to say a prayer over you, say God bless you, and then send you on your way, but today's not one of those days. Unfortunately, you walked into the wrong church today. I want to give you an opportunity for us to pray with you, maybe pray for you, pray over you. You see, the only way we're stronger is we're honest. And what I want to really just hammer out to you right now is the people that are around you are the same people that are with you, the same people that are for you. So I'm just gonna pray in a moment and here's what I'm gonna ask. If you need prayer, if you need help, if you need a partner today, I believe with all of my heart the people that are around you are there for you today. Listen, this doesn't happen much in churches today. But I can't let you leave without you knowing you're not gonna have to go alone that God is here for you and that we are here for you. So maybe you're here with a friend, so while I pray, maybe you can just touch their arm or just tap them and say, hey, he's talking. Like, I need that connection. Would you pray with me today? You don't even have to say anything. You just Maybe just touch their arm. You're gonna know. Like people, just put your arm around them and pray. I'm gonna ask some of our leaders. Maybe you look around. Maybe if if no one gets to you, just raise a hand. I'll send some people your way. We don't have to be here for hours. I think God wants to do something in a moment, right, that can be a catalyst for the rest of your life. But it's a decision. No pressure, no forcing. This is out of love. If you're near somebody, and as I pray, just reach out to them. I want you to know the people that are around you are the people that are with you. Some of you that know Jesus in a big, big way, maybe you can just pray, pray in the Spirit today, be sensitive, maybe to begin to move, that you're going to be able to be a help to someone today. You're going to be a minister in the grace of God. I can tell you this, if you've ever received grace, boy, what a wonderful gift to be able to share grace. Can you say amen? So let me pray over you. If there are those that need it, just trust me. Reach out to somebody near you. Let them pray over you today. And maybe maybe if it's more than that, they'll bring you up front. Well, together, we're going to pray over you. We're going to pray and believe to you. So let me just kind of close this way too. We're going to let the sanctuary be kind of just respectful, quiet, worshipful. So I'm going to release you in a minute, but if you can just take the noise and the fellowship outside of the sanctuary this morning. Is that cool with everybody? so that we just let for people that remain, people that just want to be in the grace of God can just hang out here. And we're going to be here to pray and minister to them, okay? Amen. Father, I just pray over this house today. I pray, God, that some people right now in the the steps of of honesty and the steps of courage will be the ones brave enough to just reach out to know that there is a family of God and that there is a God of heaven today that is here for them. I pray, God, that in the moments where we are broken, where we are feeling defeated, feeling hopeless, God, I thank you that there is a God who has never failed. He faced death, but there's never a battle that he hasn't won. And so, God, today I pray in this house that you will allow the power and the presence of heaven. Just to bless this congregation in a big, big way. God, let us grow stronger and deeper. Lord, we're not here to identify anyone's struggles or difficulties. We're here to love them, to support them, to surround them, and to help them. And love them enough that they got to make the right decision. They got to trust you enough to make the right call. That we're going to be faithful in the face of whatever adversity that we might find ourselves in.